Welcome back to the African Perspective. I'm sure we all know about COVID-19 by now, and we thought it was far removed from us and it would never impact or interrupt our lives. But sadly, our lives have been interrupted socially, financially, and economically. We need to take away lessons so as to avoid being caught unawares by similar occurrences. In today's episode, I just want to touch on a few lessons we need to learn from this. I have my husband with me who's also African and who's joining us from the UK to give us his perspective as well. Stay tuned. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Hi, husband. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Good afternoon to you. It's my pleasure. Okay. So uh, our topic for the day is the impact of COVID-19 and the lessons to be learned from it. Okay. So I'd just like you to give me your perspective as you are in the UK and I'm in South Africa. So I have a few questions and yeah, we can just discuss and you give me your perspective and I'll give you mine. Yes, sure. Um, as you know, I have uh, lived and worked in London for a very, very long time. And mm-hmm. the situation right now is nothing like I've ever seen. Pubs, clubs, restaurants, shops, mm-hmm. leisure centers, gyms, they are all closed. We are only allowed to go to work if it's essential work and other people are working from home and some people have been uh, given unpaid leave. So it's, uh, it's a very uh, dire situation, unprecedented. Yeah, sure. And for the ones that are given unpaid leave, um, do they have job security once this whole thing blows over? So the situation is if you are given unpaid leave, uh, the government is going to step in and give you 80% of your salary with a maximum of £2,500 a month. Uh, Obviously, that is gross and taxed. But the main question is, um, will companies survive beyond this? Although they are not paying wages, they still have other overheads like business rates, rents, and uh, lease fees and things like that. So they might not be paying salaries, but they've got all those other expenses that they are still paying. And no business is happening. They don't have any income coming in. So the question is, when we come uh, the other end, will all these businesses still survive? I personally don't think so. Sure. So how are Africans in the UK coping with the impact of the lockdown and the fear of possibly catching the virus? And I mean, you've just said that uh, people are on unpaid leave. I'm assuming that certain people aren't working as well. So just, yeah, take me through that. Take us through that. Yeah, so on any given day, the life of an African in the diaspora or in Europe is a very, very hard one. It's a very tough life. And uh, the current situation makes this uh, makes life even much more tougher. Uh, people suffer uh, cramped housing. So you have people situations whereby people are now cramped in small spaces, 
and um, some people are isolated. For example, myself, I don't have any family uh, because you are you are in South Africa at the moment, so I'm on my own. So it's coping with that. Um, some people are able to work from home, um, but most have been uh, furloughed, which means given unpaid leave, and they are just sitting at home waiting for this to blow over. Some of our people, some Africans, work in the National Health Service in the NHS. So they are out there fighting the virus on a day-by-day basis. And they have this fear of uh, getting uh, infected as well. So those are all the things that uh, people are dealing with at the moment. So in an instance where one would unfortunately catch the virus, an African would catch the virus and... um, do people have support systems? Uh, what is the issue like from, from to the best of your knowledge? So um, I have come across uh, some people who have been said uh, to be positive. So what happens is they get um, isolated and their symptoms are monitored. So you don't go to a hospital, you don't go to your doctor, they monitor you remotely from afar and if your situation gets worse they'll send someone to come and see you then if it gets worse then they'll take you into hospital the idea is to treat as many people as possible at home so that the nhs the medical facilities don't get swamped yeah no it's a tough one it is um, unprecedented. It's nothing that we've seen before. We don't have a blueprint. Uh, that's what makes it even worse. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the interview with the two French doctors that um, alluded or suggested to the fact that a vaccine should be tested on Africans. And they l- received a lot of blowback from, from that. Um, what's your take on that? Yeah, personally, I think uh, for these medical professions to even suggest that shows um, the view how Africans or how Africa is viewed uh, as mm-hmm. guinea pigs, as uh, people that are dispensable. Because this vaccine has not had um, a lot of text testing. We don't know what the after effects mm-hmm. are. So to suggest mm-hmm. that it should be tested on Africans uh, who are on any given day struggling to 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 survive? Uh, it's it's just unheard of. It's 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 shocking to hear that from professionals, from learned people. True, I think our gripe here is uh, the fact that the large number of people that are dying and are actually infected are in Europe and in the United States. I mean, in South Africa, for example, we've only had about five deaths and Mm -hmm. two of which were, you know, people are still speculating as to whether they were COVID related. So it, 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 we, it was a huge insult and that's how people took it. Uh, I personally was insulted by that, but they have come out and said that, no, we um, misunderstood what they meant, but uh, even the underlying tone was just, was just wrong. You know, and I know a lot of people are up in arms as a result of of the uh, irresponsible yes. suggestions. Um, ab- absolutely. These were 
two professionals, they were being interviewed. They knew their interview was going to go out and they didn't see anything wrong with that. It's just uh, shocking beyond belief. Yeah. So for most people that have lost their jobs and income and um, yeah, they don't have an income right now. How is the UK government assisting them? Apart from the, um, I'm assuming not everyone would qualify for this two thousand five hundred pounds, you know. So yes. What happens yes. for, for other people? So, if you don't qualify for the two thousand five hundred um, arrangement, then there's always the um, the social system, um, which is always in place all the time. So. For those that have lost their jobs, they will be absorbed into that system where the social system will pay out grants to pay rent, to buy food so that they can so that they can survive. And the government so has actually said the application process is going to be relaxed and so that people can quickly benefit uh, from from the system. Okay. But still, yeah. um, the, the, the payments, um, just the, it's, it's a security net to keep you going until you find your job. But as you know, most Africans are working here and providing for themselves here and providing for their families in Africa, relatives, friends, um, loved ones. So a person losing a job here, the impact is uh, felt as far back as in, as in Africa. As in um, Africa, yeah, yeah definitely. That's the unfortunate thing. Yeah, yeah, we really have it hard as Africans. For most people that have lost their jobs and their income, how would you say, well, you've just mentioned, I guess, but would you explain further what the actual impact of that is to the African community going forward? You know, this whole situation and not being able to provide for your loved ones. Yeah. Um, the majority of the... African community here, we are not able to, um, we, we, we do the, the menial general jobs and uh, those are the jobs that are very easily dispensable, um, medium to low salaries and uh, very, very hard in normal circumstances to, to survive. So losing that simple job that you have means um, your your mental well-being is affected your finances your economics they're all affected and it calls for africans as a community to start working together and supporting each other and helping each other checking out to make sure that um everybody's fine everybody's doing well um so that we can get through this um as africans we're very resilient we're resilient people we we will come through this. We will get through the other side, but we definitely have to work together and um, support one another. Okay. What lessons would you say we have learned or are still learning and what should we adapt, you know, going forward? I think um, a lot of lessons are going to be learned from this um, in general. Uh, some employers have always said to their employees, you cannot work from home. We've seen mm -hmm. that with the technology which is available, it is possible to work from home. And hopefully 
that will create a better work-life balance. And we've also seen people using social media to keep in touch with their relatives, with their friends. Hopefully this can continue and um, then people can can stop feeling isolated by making use of available technology to keep in touch with friends and loved ones. Then the other thing is um, the, the, the virus, from what experts tell us, is spreading through travel and the numbers in Africa are very small because mm-hmm. most Africans don't travel. Yeah. Exactly. It's economically beyond their reach. So maybe mm-hmm. as Africans, we might start looking at traveling within Africa to improve tourism and generate jobs. Um, yeah. yeah, it's something that we might want to look at. And also the other thing that we might want to focus on is maybe creating our own businesses so that we are in charge of our destinies if unforeseen occurrences happen. And also just to work Mm -hmm. smarter and improve our our work-life balance and uh, spend more time with our families. That's true. That is very true. Okay, so in conclusion, what would you say we as Africans, okay, well, you've just stated what we can learn from all of this. Um, I think also being, like you say, Mm self-sufficient and just forming a community, you know, with those around us and not being closed off. That is very, very important. And um, I wish Africans abroad would be able to do the same, Um, you know, just keep each other as close-knit, checking up on each other the same way you would have done as if as if though you were at home, you know? Exactly, so exactly. So that's, that's very important in, for, for, for your mental wellness, for, for, for even your physical health. But in order for you to get through this and, you know, to function well in, in, um, in your home away from home, basically. Absolutely. Um, there's need even much more for for us as Africans to group together and spend time together, check on one another, help each other, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, just just look out for one another and have that solidarity, that Ubuntu, which makes us Africans. Yes. Sure. And acquiring the knowledge to better manage our finances because we don't know if we are going to be hit by such a crisis again. You know, um, financial literacy is important now more than ever. It's always been, but it really, really, this whole thing proves that it's really important now more than ever. That is so so true because um, in most instances, the money that we earn, it's not enough to go round and pay for all the things that we need to do. So having financial education, financial literacy will help us to budget more effectively and uh, stop spending money that on things that are not important and focus on those things that are important. And um, yeah, so I remember from the olden days, our parents, our fathers, our grandfathers, they, they used to have these clubs, social clubs, where they used to put in money. And if someone died, mm-hmm. then there would be some money to help them. So things like that, um, we definitely have to start doing that on a, on a larger scale, just to keep ourselves going and to look after ourselves 
as a group of people. Do you have such things in the in the UK? I think certain we call them, uh, societies. And... Yeah, definitely. <laughs> certain so- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, certain societies, depending, they tend to be groups maybe from uh, certain countries or certain communities. They they definitely do that, and um, they are really really helpful. Uh, especially these times that we're going into unemployment, um, no job security, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and mostly just being able to associate with your fellow countrymen and spend time together and talk. That's very, very good for one's mental uh, being, which is yeah. very important. So, um, the other thing I wanted to ask was, Mm -hmm. you know, the UK has a large number of Africans, has different, um, a large number of Africans from different parts of Africa. In your opinion and from your observation, which, uh, from which country, if I may put it, would you say exemplify what we've just spoke about right now? You know, be it, is it people from Zim? Is it people from Malawi? People from Somalia? From your observation and what you've seen over the years, um, all uh, all African groups they do exemplify that, regardless of where they are from. But the social groupings tend to be based on origin or um or yeah, based on origin. So what I'm suggesting is maybe we go broader than that and mm-hmm. make it a, a, a true African um, society. No matter. no matter which country you are from. We are already doing that on a small scale based on origin, based on uh, language, based on tribe. And to be more effective and more helpful, it needs to be rolled out on a large scale to encompass all tribes, all nations, all African nations to become one big voice. And doing that will also help us to lobby the government on matters that concern us as a group of people, on issues that affect us as a group of people. It gives us one strong voice. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much for your opinion. Uh, And yeah, that we have now reached the end of my segment. And so I'm going to let you go. Um, Thank you very much. Uh, It's been an honor to participate. And um, yeah, thank you very much. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Okay. Okay, don't hang up yet. Thank you. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just going to mess up the thing. Um, so, yes, that is our perspective of the day. That is our perspective from Victor, who resides in London. Um, keep well and be safe until my next broadcast. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.